0: I'd like us to rise up on our feet as we begin to appreciate the Lord God for who He is and for what He has done. I don't know what God has done for you, but without a doubt, I know that God has done some things in your life, particularly the fact that you are alive and well. I'd like you to lift up your voice and begin to appreciate God. Thank Him for the gift of life. Thank God for the gift of life. Thank God for the gift of life. The Bible says it is of the Lord's mercies that you and I are not consumed. Because His compassions over us have not failed. You are the reason why anybody can say God's compassion has not failed. Because you are alive. Because you are well. Because you are healed. Because you are hearty. Because you are healthy. You are sound as stone. It is the doing of the Lord and it is marvelous in our eyes. Bless God. Don't let the heavens catch you with sealed lips this morning. Open your mouth and appreciate God from the bottom of your heart. Whatever it is that you know that God has done. Call to mind. Reflect at this moment and appreciate God from the bottom of your heart. God has done all things well. And has made them beautiful in his time. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at what God has done. And what he is able to do. He said, behold, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me to do? There is nothing too hard for our God to do. There is nothing impossible for our god to do the god who brought you this far is able to take you yet further and he has not brought you this far to disappoint you He has not brought you this far to make you to be miserable he has brought you this far as a testimony of what things he is yet to do in your life bless god from your heart don't look at your left don't look at your right focus on god focus on the creator of the heavens and of the ends of the earth Oh, God is awesome. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. The Bible says, He sent His word into Jacob and it lighted Israel. It lighted upon Israel. There is only one prescription for every kind of ailment. ...that God has, and that is his word. Psalm 107 verse 20 says he sent his word... ...and his word healed them and delivered them... ...from their destructions. There is nothing that you are going through... ...whether it is family-related, marriage-related... ...business-related, whatever. I mean, we name services so we can have a focus... ...and we can have an objective. But really, every meeting is packaged for god to reach every single one of us regardless of whether what is wrong or right with us has something to do with the topic or not so god is going to reach out to you today i'd like you to have an expectation in your heart and i'd like you to focus only on him because he is the one that must increase And every one of us that stand in his place here Decrease Lift up your voice this morning I don't know what your desire is But look up to God And tell him whatever the issue in your life is That requires an urgent answer from heaven Jehovah God is able to do Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask Or think according to the power That is at work in you So desire him to meet you this morning to deliver into your hands a package an answer a solution I hope you are praying and not playing this is a solemn moment where two or more people are gathered I am there in the midst of them that's what his word says so Jesus is here in person is here in person unlike he was in that boat no matter how severe the storm is is able to rise up from his sleep and cause a great calm to come upon your boat thank you everlasting father in jesus mighty name we have prayed Amen. glory be to god in the highest Amen. you. This is the day that you have made and we declare that we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for the gift of life. Truly, it is of your mercies that we are not consumed because your compassions fail not. We are grateful for life, oh God. We are grateful for health. Even for the things that are not working, we are grateful. Why? Because you said to him that is joined to all the living there is hope a living dog is better than a dead lion we are confident that you who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think that you will solve our problems today in the name of Jesus we ask that your word will come from the throne of grace and it will minister life and grace to us in the name of Jesus We pray, God, that there will be forgiveness of sin. There will be mercy upon us. We ask, oh God, your loving kindness will be showered upon us today in the name of Jesus. And as we leave this place today, because your word says they go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appeared before the Lord, that we will never return the same way we came in the name of Jesus. And in, in not returning the same way we came, our strength will be on the increase in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everlasting Father. Blessed be your eternal name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Jam those hands together for the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. God bless you. You may be comfortably seated in God's presence. Amen. We don't have much time this morning but i trust that whatever it is the lord will give to us within the time frame that we have will remain with you forever and it will be a blessing to you and to your generations in jesus name this morning we are considering the subject god's choice in marriage god's choice in marriage and we are skewing it a little bit to the young people in the house but of course there's one or two things that the rest of the house we'll be able to take away from the message this morning. Hallelujah. So in Proverbs chapter 30, I want us to read Proverbs chapter 30 um, from verse 21 all through to verse 23. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 21 to verse 23. God's choice in marriage. That's what we are considering. Verse 21 says, For their For three things, the earth is disquieted, and for four, which it cannot bear. What this particular verse is saying is that the world is in a mess because of four things that are going to be enumerated. And we're looking at one of those four things that have been stated as a foundation or scriptural basis for whatever it is God is going to be communicating to us today. So the world that you see today is in disarray. Psalm 82 tells us that they walk on in, it says, they uh, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness, the foundations of the earth are out of course. The foundations of the earth are out of course. So what you see in our world today is as a result of the foundation of the earth that are out of course. In other words, there are things that God, institutions that God has put in place, but because those institutions have been abused, because those institutions have not been done in alignment with God's counsel, the world is out of order. The world is in disarray and there is problem all over the place. Verse 22 says, For a servant, when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat we don't have the time to go into that even though they are connected to the subject that we're discussing but on a broader sense what you see ecclesiastes tells us that servants on horses princes walking on their foot he said it is an aberration it's a misnomer my prayer for you today is that nobody will take your place in the name of jesus People who have not been allotted your own portion, they will not take your portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. And verse 23, where we are going, it says, "For an odious woman when she is married, and an handmaid that is a, that is heir to a mistress." And I want us to concentrate on the A part of verse 23. For an odious woman, when she is married. The Passion Translation reads this way There are four intolerable events that are simply unbearable to observe. When an unfaithful servant becomes a ruler, when a scoundrel comes into great wealth. When an unfaithful woman marries a good man, and when a mistress replaces a faithful wife, people of God, hear me this morning. A good marriage is not automatic. It's not automatic. There are things that a child of God must be acquainted with to have a good marriage, even a child of God. Because we see from the scripture that we read, that it is possible for a good man to be married to an odious woman. It is possible for a good man to be married to an unfaithful woman. And it is also possible for a good woman to be married to an arrogant or an irresponsible man. Now, I've seen examples. And I know of an example of a marriage that did not last for up to three months. I mean, I was not told I know the marriage in question. And these were supposedly believers. Supposedly believers. But the marriage is in shambles. As a matter of fact, not only did they go their separate ways, one of them is already married to someone else and has left the other person in a quagmire of some sort. So good people get married to bad spouses. Christians Christian brothers, Christian sisters, they get married to bad spouses. Now, you don't just say, it won't happen to me in Jesus' name and walk away, which is what a lot of believers do. They say, it's not going to happen to me. And they just walk away. I have observed that a number of believers don't ask questions. Rather, they just assume. An assumption and ignorance are beds of a feather. They are children of the same mother. As a matter of fact, assumption is worse than ignorance. You know why? Because someone who is ignorant can come to a point where he agrees he doesn't know and is willing to learn and then he learns. But somebody who assumes is most likely an arrogant person who has an incorrect information and because of his arrogance is unwilling to be humble enough to admit that he needs to know. So while we may be able to save an ignorant person, it is very unlikely that somebody who assumes is never saved from the challenge that they are going through. Hallelujah. And I want us to learn from Jesus Christ because the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, at the age of 12, he was asking and answering questions. Believers don't just swallow things who climb and sinker. Don't just look at your environment and say because it is happening to such and such a fellow, because it's happening to this great man of God, because it's happening to that great woman of God, therefore it is our lot. No, that is not true because you don't know the relationship of one man with his God or one woman with her God. You have to probe into everything. Albeit your probing is to honestly, sincerely and humbly desire to know why the situation is like that, to see whether that is supposed to be your lot or you have to change it. Let someone shout hallelujah. So Jesus was always answering questions. Amen. So the scripture that we have read has established to us that it is possible for good guys to marry bad girls. It is possible for good girls to marry bad guys. Praise God forever. So what exactly is God's choice in marriage? Or who is God's choice in marriage? For a man, for a woman. I'll just quickly go into the Word of God in Acts of the Apostles chapter 13 and verse 22. The latter part of that scripture talks about David. And the reason why I am citing this example from the scripture, is that when God was going to give Israel a king, it was a man after his own heart. You know, David was the second king. Saul was the first king. But do you know that Saul was not God's choice? Saul was the people's choice. The, 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 what led to Saul becoming the king over Israel was Because the children of Israel saw other nations. They had kings that used to lead their people to war. And they wanted their own nation to also have kings like that. Kings in that frame. Kings with that profile. With that description. Alright. And the only man in Israel at the time that fitted the description was Saul. Because the Bible makes us to understand that he was head and shoulder above all of the men in israel so saul was the people's choice and not god's choice and i've said this to help you to understand that there are two essential criteria that are considered before choices are made one is that one, one, one criteria is influenced by flesh the other criteria is influenced by god Note that when the children of Israel were going to select their own king, they looked at the other nations. And they made a choice based on the kind of kings that those people had. But that was not God's counsel. If you look at Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. God speaking here. He says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. Now I'm putting these scriptures forth to help you to understand that when God is going to give you the gift of a man, when God is going to give you the gift of a woman, it is most likely, from the scriptures that we have read, going to be somebody that is after God's heart. Say to your neighbor, are you a man after God's heart? If the person is a woman, just say, are you a woman after God's heart? So if you ask God for a man, he will give you or point you to a man after his own heart. In other words, what we are talking about is that God's choice in marriage is a man or a woman that fears God. A man or a woman that fears God. And I'd like us to be very attentive here because this is a very critical issue. It affects marriage, it affects business, it affects all kinds of relationships that we have. And once we take it to heart, it's the same principle. Once we take this to heart and we understand it, it is going to help us in everything that we do in life. The first scripture that I want us to look at in respect to this issue of the fear of God is Psalm 112. Psalm 112. And I describe this psalm as the biography of a man that fears the Lord or the future of a man that fears the Lord. Psalm 112. And I read from verse 1. Psalm 112. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. What's going to happen to him? Verse 2 says, His seed shall be mighty upon us. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. It runs down to the last verse. All of the verses in that chapter, they are very, very relevant to the subject that we're looking at. But I'll just stop at that point. So there, as you see, in those three verses, a brief biography of a man that fears God. One thing important that the Bible talked about is that a man that fears God is a blessed man a man that fears God is a blessed man don't forget God's choice for a woman God's choice for his daughter is a man that fears God and the Bible tells us that a man that fears God is a blessed man it says his seed will be mighty upon the earth in other words his children will do greater exploit than he is doing it says the generation of the upright shall be blessed He says he will have wealth, he will have riches, and his righteousness will endure forever. Now you look at in the case of the woman, because when God is going to give a woman a husband, he will give him, he will give her a man that fears God. When God is going to give a man a wife, he is going to give him a woman that fears God. And so we look at Proverbs chapter 31. But we will not be able to read the entire um, scripture because uh, of time. But the entire verse of scripture, uh, the entire verses in Proverbs chapter thirty-one, deals with this issue about the woman that fears God. She is called the Proverbs thirty-one woman. And please, every one of us, you are born again here, and your experiences are not depicting what I have read in Scripture. What it simply means is that you need to begin to challenge whatever is stopping these things from manifesting in your life. So don't close your ears and say, because we are addressing the youths or you're married in the house, that this is not relevant to you. If you are born again, child of God, a man, a woman. And what I have said about the man is not happening in your life then you it is it is a basis for you to engage warfare it's a basis for you to engage spiritual warfare the bible talks about the word of god as a more sure word of prophecy and the bible speaking um uh, paul talking to timothy he said to us what we need to do with prophecy he says we war with prophecy when prophecies are given, you don't just sit down and watch to see them happen. No, you have to fight with those prophecies and see them come to pass in your life. So all of these things that I've read about the man that fears God, and if you truly are a man that fears God, and these things are not happening in your life, it's time to pray. It's time to engage warfare. So we look at Proverbs 31, and then we look at verse 29. Verse 29. I I would have loved that we read through, but we won't do that because of our time. But I want you to read through the entire uh, chapter. Verse 29. It says, many daughters have done virtuously. In other words, everything that we have read before this verse are virtuous things. They are deeds of virtue. And the Bible is saying to us, the wise man is saying to us, that many women, many women, I've done these kinds of things. Many women are skilled in these kind of things. Many women know how to cook. Many women know how to keep the home. Many women know how to walk. Many women know how to do so many things. He said, but thou excellest them all. In other words, you are a step ahead of the rest of them. And what makes you to be a step ahead of the rest of them? It says in verse 30 favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. He said, but a woman that feareth the Lord is a woman to be praised, is a woman of dignity, is a woman of honor, is a gracious woman, is a woman to emulate. is a woman to follow after. It is not enough to have all of the virtues that other daughters have as the scripture has presented to us. It says, if the fear of God is missing, he said, don't go there as a man. Don't go there. And you know why? I remember a scripture in Proverbs. I think um, Proverbs, there are, there are about four of them. Proverbs 19, 13, Proverbs 21, 9, Proverbs 25, 24, and Proverbs 27, 15. 19, 13, 21, 9. I'm reading them so that you can just write them down. 1913, 13, 21, 9, 25, 24, 27, 15. The Bible speaks of a situation, a condition. It says that it is better for a man to dwell in the top of the roof, in the rooftop of his house than to dwell with a contentious woman. In another of those scriptures, it says that a contentious woman is like a constant rain drops. And you know how annoying constant rain drop is. If the rain is going to fall, fall. And let's know that you fall and then we move on dry ground. But when it continues to drop constantly like that, like the seven days rain that we are used to in this part of the world, you know how annoying it can be. He said it is better for a man to dwell in the rooftop. Now, what is the wise man telling us here now? He's telling us that there is a man who has married such a woman. And the man does not know peace. The man is having a problem. Hear me, it happens in both ways. So I'm not just talking about women. You know, we are celebrating International Women's Day. So, <laughs> we are breaking the biases. Hallelujah. I'll give you an example on the other side as well. So, it's both ways. Amen. So, there is a man who is in that circumstance, who is in that condition, for him to begin to draw lessons and say, Men, <laughs> it is not a place to be at all. But the question is, why will a good guy marry a bad girl? And why will a bad girl, why will a good girl marry a bad guy? Proverbs chapter 9 speaks of two systems. Note that scripture down. Proverbs chapter 9 speaks of two systems. These two systems can also be two kinds of people. And these two kinds of people, we interface with them every day of our life. You step out of your house in the morning, you are meeting these two kinds of people everywhere you go. And you know the funny thing about these two kinds of people? They are very similar. They are almost asymmetrical. They are very, very similar. So the first one says, I have, I have killed my beasts. I have mingled my wine. I have hewn out my seven pillars. Come and eat. Enter and eat. The Bible says he is saying to the simple and to the undiscerning, come. So there is an invitation for partnership. For friendship friendship in business friendship in relationship any kind of friendship people want to woo you so that they can be with you and gain an advantage of you because everybody is a gatekeeper as you are seated you are a gatekeeper there is something that you are gatekeeping you may not know you may not be aware of it but the people that know they will come and meet you praise God Either by Diabolic means they have seen you in the realm of the spirit. That that is the man that is standing in our way. We need to meet with him. We need to come into a relationship with him. So that if he agrees, he can open the gate for us. We will go in, take what we need to take and go away. It is happening every day in your office, at your desk. You are a gatekeeper. There is something that you are gatekeeping. And if you don't understand this thing that I'm telling you about people will come to you you will think that they are correct people but they can deceive you they will take what is precious in your life they'll go away and you'll be left empty so Proverbs 9 speaks of two systems and then the other woman exactly the way the first woman did sat down at the entrance of a house on the highway Bible says She's calling people who are going right on their way. The undiscerning, the simple. They say, come in. He said, stolen water is sweet. Bread that is eaten in secret is pleasant. He said, but they don't know that it is the dead that are there. So when you are undiscerning, you may go ahead and choose the wrong person and then end up your life and destiny there. What makes a good guy fall into the trap of a bad girl. What makes a good girl fall into the trap of the bad guy? If you saw the scripture that we read in Psalm 112, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandment. Says, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, his righteousness endureth for how long? Forever. So what is the mark of the man that fears the Lord? what is the mark what is the mark when you see the man that fears the lord how do you know scripture told us blessing right is a blessed man and then he has this he has that but let me make a submission to you today that that is where the problem lies the fear of the lord is not defined or identified by the blessing that you see around a man. The fear of the Lord in a man's life is not defined by the blessing that you see around a man. Is he blessed? Yes. And guess what? The Bible also speaks of the prosperity of fools. So foolish people can also prosper, albeit it is for a short time. But who is going to wait for 20 years? You will test your life. You will test a marriage for 20 years to discover that the prosperous man is a fool after all. Not only have you missed it, you may never recover from it forever. Because the only way you can break out of that relationship is when the other person dies and you must not be the one to kill the person. So it's not what you see. But what we see... Is actually what makes the good guy go after the bad girl so the Bible tells us it says favor is deceitful beauty is vain favor is deceitful you look at the person well-favored well-favored means she's so wonderful in terms of look in terms of beauty in terms of beauty But, it says, the woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So, what is it that helps you to know that this person is someone who fears the Lord? We are bringing the message to a close now. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. Young man, young woman, you want to marry, this is the kind of person that you need to marry. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So a man who fears the Lord hates evil. He says, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. He hates evil. He hates pride. He hates arrogancy. In a nutshell, what does this mean? You don't marry somebody who is not under authority. Arrogance. You don't marry anyone who is not under authority. You don't just go and pick people anyhow, anywhere. You don't marry somebody who, when the person is talking to you about his boss, is always the woes. Talking to you about their father or their mother is always the woes. Talking to you about their pastor, talking to you about the institutions under which they serve or wherever they are connected is always the bad things. That kind of a person is not someone that is under authority. In other words, is arrogant. Is full of pride. Time will fail me to talk about uh, Akan, because that is the male aspect that I wanted to refer to. Akan, uh, Elimelech, that's the, the husband of Naomi, and um, there's, a, there's a third person. Akan. Mrs. Akan was receiving all the goody goodies. But she never asked questions. Because in any case, she had missed it right from the word go. The man will bring something home from the office. He didn't, she didn't know she, he was stealing. He was collecting bribe. But the day of reckoning came. And how many people faced the rot? All of them. That's why you can't afford to settle for anything less but God's choice. And God's choice is a man that fears God. God's choice is a woman that fears God, and the fear of God is a man that hates evil. And how do you know that he hates evil is a man that hears God, loves God, is a man that submits to authority. Hallelujah. I hope somebody is blessed this morning. Praise God forevermore. I'm sure God has spoken. Has God spoken? Are you sure God has spoken to you this morning? I want us to rise up on our feet our God is an awesome God our God is an awesome God if you are if you're already married and you found out that this is the situation you find yourself in it's redeemable it's redeemable because There is mercy with God. There is forgiveness with God. There is restoration with God. The Bible says if you are in Christ, you are a newborn baby. You are a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. So you can be recreated afresh. And everything that has ever happened in the past can be completely erased, blotted out by the blood of Jesus. And you can start to have heaven on earth experience in your homes from this very day all you need to do is to close your eyes right now and lift up your voice unto god and ask that god will have mercy upon you He will forgive you all of your sins all your errors all your mistakes young people i want you to begin to pray that the counsels that you have received this morning they will stay with you they will remain with you you will not be carried away by the face the figure you will not be carried away by the wealth by the riches by the money but that you will be able to see through to know who indeed fears god which man fears god which woman fears god so you don't get yourself into a mess that you never begin for the rest of us just continue to pray it touches your work it touches your home it touches your relations in the community where you live everything that you do what you have had this morning is very very relevant to every aspect of your life so you will lift up your voice and you will say god help me to discern. help me to discern help me to know so that i do not sell my birthright so that i do not give away the key to the house you have made me a custodian of If you are here this morning And you have not given your life to Jesus Christ Like I said It's the beginning of your journey You are here You have not given your life to Jesus I'd like you to just place your right hand on your chest Place your right hand on your chest this morning And you repeat these words after me Father in heaven I come to you As a sinner I acknowledge that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I ask for your mercy. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. Make me whole. Write my name in the book of life. Accept me into your family. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray.